they say if you need prayer stand up i was like man i need all the prayer i can get so i get up this guy next comes next to me he puts his hand on my shoulders he begins to pray over me and when he begins to pray i begin to cry because he's telling me things that i knew he shouldn't have known he said i see a house that's broken he said then he said now i see it being all white and he said now i see god putting furniture in it and i knew like he's saying this stuff but i know exactly what he's talking about when he said he's going to use your story i thought about being molested I thought about the abuse. When he said, I see a broken house, I saw my family, how broken I was, you know? And I was like, oh my goodness. Hey Eric, welcome to Delafay Testimonies. For the people who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Eric Villatoro. I am 27 years old, married seven months with my beautiful wife, Genesis. And uh, I'm the lead director and founder of Delafay Testimony. So a lot of people have been asking um, for me to share my testimony. And so I'm excited to be able to today, finally, by God's grace, be able to share what God has done in my life. So that's just a little bit about who I am and what God has me doing right now. Eric, what is your testimony of Jesus? Yeah, so I was born in New York, Long Island, New York from immigrant parents. My mom came from Nicaragua to New York. My dad came from El Salvador to New York. Um, they met and they basically had me. Um, it was, happened really quickly. They were both really young. I think my mom might have been like 23, 24. My dad was like 22, 21. And uh, I was born and Immediately after I was born, nine months after I was born, they separated. And so I actually never really got to see my parents in that way. Um, from an early age, I just heard about my dad, but I didn't really have a relationship with him because right when they separated at nine months, my mom actually left back home to her home country in Nicaragua and she took me with her. So when she took me with her, um, now I found myself in a whole different place. Not that I knew, you know, nine months. I don't really know what's going on, but I remember growing up in Nicaragua. Um, and it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was beautiful. You know, it was, it's a third world country. And so it's very poor, but, uh, playing on the dirt, um, you know, just living a very simple life with my cousins. I had a lot of family out there. Um, and so I, I had a really, really great childhood growing up from like one to five essentially i have a lot of great memories um, my mom would tell me about my dad you know she would always tell me hey you have a dad he loves you he lives in the united states you know i never really in that in that time you couldn't really have too much contact over the phone because it was a little bit more difficult and so we didn't have smartphones and so i didn't have that contact with him but i knew that he was he was there um now my story began to take a turn. My life began to take a turn at the age of five, very early on. So around the age of five, um, I was sexually abused um, for the first time. Now, this is interesting because always in my life, there was always two stories happening. Okay. There was seeds being planted of who God was and 
and you know um, just that and then there was the other side where things would be happening that would for lack of better words would would really harm me you know hurt me and nobody knew about so my mom used to always tell me about God you know when I was in when we would go to bed and stuff she would tell me about Jesus but now I also found myself at five years old being molested for the first time and immediately when the molestation happened um, it kind of just opened up this whole new world of of uh, sexuality like just being really curious um, I was molested multiple times actually from the age of five to the age of ten by both men and women the first time it happened under my mom's roof it was a family friend um, and then it began to happen with uh, cousins. Um, the cousins were what I what I know now is child on child abuse. So it was us playing, and now all of a sudden we're doing inappropriate things together. Um, and none of our parents knew about this. At the age of eight, I decide. Uh, well, I didn't decide, but my my dad comes back into the picture, and. He speaks with my mom, and they basically, they come to the conclusion that I should move to the United States. And they ask me, say, hey, do you want to move to the United States? When they ask me, do I want to move to the United States, the immediate thing I thought about was McDonald's, bright lights, like it smells different over there, like it's cleaner. Let's go. I'm out. And I'm not even thinking that this is a life decision. I'm just thinking, man, it's it's nice out there. It's nice in New York. I'm going to go. So um, a couple months later, I got up and went. Um, when I went to um, the, the, the United States, I come to live with my dad. And now we're living in a house where he's renting to other people. I was molested then in, in that house by people that he was renting to. And the story of my sexual abuse really expands in a lot of different ways. And I, you know, I can't really share everything that has happened in my life because we would be here for a little while. But that this was just something that the devil really used against me. Um, and so I'm just kind of sharing the major parts um, so you guys can kind of get a picture of where I was and where God had to meet me. So um, I began to get molested at this time. And um, I believe that at this time what I was seeking was was love. Uh, my dad was never there, you know, when I was younger. Um, my dad actually was, uh, he, he didn't have his dad in his life. His dad got killed when he was five years old. Uh, my mom had a dad that was abusive and um, was an alcoholic. And so I, I always had this missing link of a father and what that looked like. And and so I, I believe that in this time, what I was seeking for was that love, was for that acceptance, um, was that closeness. And because I wasn't receiving that from my dad, and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily blame him because of what I know now in his life and the things that he went through, this kind of led me to go seek it in other places. I remember at the age of 10 years old, I was traveling to go visit my mom. And this was the first time that I was introduced to pornography, pornography, what we know today which is just complete vile and, you know, uh, perverse content, you know, sexual content. And I was in an airport with some other kids. We were all flying alone, basically. They put you with a, with one of the crew members and then they, they take you. So just me, myself, and these other kids. And um, in one of the waiting rooms, one of the kids pulls me over and, and says, hey, check this out. 
now it's pornography being shown by another another kid. And I remember that day I said, I'm going to come back from this trip. And when I come back, I'm going to look that up. And I remembered something on it. And it was just like a commercial page. It wasn't even like an actual page. I went to Nicaragua, stayed with my mom out there, came back and I went to a computer, a laptop that my dad had, and I looked it up. And sure enough, I found more pornography. And, and so I was, I was completely addicted without even knowing to sex. Around the age of 12, through the pornography, I found out that I could masturbate, that there was pleasure in this, and immediately became addicted to that. At the age of 14, I finally get the opportunity to uh, act, have actual intercourse with a, with a young lady my age, and I go and do that. And you know, at this time, I was thinking to myself, man, I'm 14 years old. You know, before it happened, I'm like, I'm 14 years old. Everybody's around me telling me, man, I've had it at 12 years old. You know, 10, 13, kids are bragging about this, you know, like sex, you know, like you got to have it. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm running late. I'm 14, like I got to get to it. And then it happens and immediately the first time that it happened, it happened one time and then it happened again with that same girl a couple months later. And I immediately get a bug. It was like a little a bug that was basically biting my entire genitals area. And I've never shared this with anybody, but that was my first interactions with sex. I did it because this is what you do as a man. This is what, you know, nobody, my dad is not talking to me about sex. You know, he doesn't even know how to have those conversations. To this day, we never really had those conversations. And so now I'm having to learn on my own. And I'm learning from pornography. So I did it and immediately there's repercussions. And now I'm itching. And I'm in church at this time with my dad. And I'm having to not tell anybody because what am I going to say? The the itching got so bad to the point where I was literally at church scratching myself. And I was so embarrassed. And finally, I knew that I had to tell because it was just spreading and I said, I have to talk about this. So I told my dad in so much shame. I said, Dad, um, I had sex and I'm itching and I need to go to the doctor. And I remember even, I don't, my dad didn't really say much, you know? It was just like, okay. You know, like he couldn't, he never had a dad. He didn't know how to talk to me about these things. And so went to the doctor, got checked. They said, you have this bug put this cream on, blah, 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 bug went away, pain went away, but now I've had sex and I'm going to continue to do it. Now, around this time in, in high school years though, um, sex not only opened me up to that, but it also began to kind of open me up to other things. It opened me up to depression it opened me up to the spiritual realm in a weird way. Around this time, I started to have sleep paralysis. So I would be in my sleep and I would um, wake up. I would think I would be woken up. It would feel like I'm wide awake, my eyes wide open, but I can't move. And I can just hear things. And like, it's just this overwhelming present that, you know, 
is over me and all you fear is fear and I want to scream and I can't scream. And at this time, my dad is even sleeping with me in the in the same room because we, we didn't really have money like that. We were in a basement. And I'm trying to scream and trying to call on my dad and he's not hearing me. And this would happen constantly, constantly, constantly. Um, around this time, like I mentioned, I was in a in a church, and so there was some understanding, like some one desire to like be in a church community because I would see little hints of what that looked like and people loving on each other. And but um, in this church, I you know I was just there because my dad was there. I didn't really have really interest. I just it was cool to be around other kids. But in this time, I called my mom. She was still in Nicaragua. She still is there, and I said, Mom. I'm having these dreams where I can't move, where, um, you know, it just feels like wrong. Like, I, what can I do? And then my mom says, you remember that, that prayer that we used to pray when, when, when you were little, right? Uh, when, when she would put me to bed. I was like, yeah, 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 el Padre Nuestro, which is the, the Lord's Prayer. She was like, yeah, just pray that. You know, and to this day, I only know that prayer in Spanish. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. You already know. You know, we going in. So I said, okay, perfect. We're going to try it out. So sleep paralysis kicks in. You know, it's a very constant thing. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Sleep paralysis breaks. Okay. Sleep paralysis kicks in. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu Sleep paralysis break. It got to a point where all I had to say was Jesus. Not even having a relationship with Jesus. It, it'll sleep paralysis kicks in. I'm sleeping. Uh, Jesus. So Eric, seeing the power of God kind of break that for you, what did you think about Jesus? You know, I didn't, I didn't think anything of Jesus. I knew there was power. I knew there was power in his name. But I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I, I just saw it as a solution. Like, this is a solution to my problem. But I'm going back to the pornography. Problem solved here. We're good here. All right. Whenever this kicks in, Jesus, Padre Nuestro, amen. But when I'm not sleeping, pornography, right? Masturbating. Um, so I didn't really have too much understanding of Jesus. So I come out of high school. When I come out of high school, I'm, I get deeper into darkness. So now I start smoking weed. You know, I drop out of college. I'm still having sex. I'm in a six-year relationship with this young lady from high school. At this same time, you know, praying certain things. You know, God, my friends are in college. They're doing great. And I hate it. I'm not in college. I don't feel like I'm doing great. They're doing great. Jealousy, right? Help me with this jealousy. Because of the sex and because of all of these things that were happening, I was also dealing with depression. God, take this depression from me. Like, I was starting to call out to God for things that I knew I had no control over, right? And he would take the jealousy away. Like he would take certain things away. Like he would answer my prayers. I really felt like he was answering my prayers and showing himself real to me. So then the jealousy all of a sudden would go away. I would say, God, you know, like, uh, you know, give me joy. Like give me these different things that I, I was lacking in. 
and he would provide. And I would know, whoa, this is real. You know, there was this one time I put a show in D.C., or a, a, a beat battle type thing, you know, in, in the involved in the music and everything. And uh, the day of the beat battle, it was supposed to rain. The forecast, we knew from two days, it's saying it's going to rain all day. And that day, I'm like, God, make the rain stop. Like, don't let it rain. And I'm believing it. I wake up. And my team, my team at the time maybe remembers that day. I was like, "It's not raining. Don't worry about it. God got us." You know, I was like, "If you didn't really know me, no, if you didn't know Jesus like that, you would think I'm like a, you know, what I'm saying like a Christian or something." Like God got us. Literally, the rain would get pushed back every hour. It would be at ninety percent at three p.m. Then it was twenty. Then we come to you know four p.m. It'll just kept getting pushed back. We got in the venue, boom, and it rains. So God was like showing me like, hey, I'm real. I'm real. And I'll be like, okay. But then I started to getting into new age without even knowing. In these rap shows, people will be wearing little crystals. You know, it's a cool thing. You got the crystal wrapped around a little copper wire or whatever. You know, everybody's making them. You know, they look fire. You know, it's like nice, cool looking rock. So I'm like, man, I want to support your business. You know, like... Yeah, man, this this means, you know, protection and this means like encouragement, like, you know, whatever, wisdom and all these things. And I'm like, Psh, yeah, that's cool. I want that. But it just looks cool. I want to support your business here. Boom. Now I got crystals on me. You know, I'm walking around with a crystal. Then at some point I do mushrooms. My girlfriend at the time finds what we call a plug, right? Somebody that sells it. I was scared about it, but I was like, let's do it. And um, that really opened me up to this like spiritual realm. I saw demons in that in that encounter. I felt the peace at first. It started with this peaceful and loving space. Then it soon turned dark. And after that moment, I said, I'm not doing shrooms for a good five, six months anymore. I'm good, you know, like that was good enough for me. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna get my life in order, in order. praying, 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 praying. God, remove people. God, do this, you know? You know, now I'm even potentially even thinking about, you know, like meditating and doing all of these things. My ex-girlfriend is charging her crystals and doing all that stuff. I have some friends who are artists, reads me tarot cards in New York. But through that seeking out is where I believe um, God really, uh, he met me. So all of a sudden this relationship ends, just breaks up. Um, and I know she, she may watch this video and I'll, I don't want to dishonor her. There was a lot of things that happened in that relationship that really shouldn't have happened. Um, and one of those things that, you know, I, I was not proud of is the cheating. You know, I cheated multiple times in that relationship and then, um, finally got brought it to a, a halt. And now I found myself in this, in, in this hopeless place. Because I was alone in an apartment. Now I had to move back to my parents. God had removed and stripped me from all of these different relationships. And now I found myself in this bedroom crying out to God. And so I cry out to God. And I said, God, I know you're real because of the Catholic background, right? Like I knew that. I knew that he was real from then. But then also I had experienced him in little moments in my life. So I said, God, I know that you are real come into my life. I said, God, 
give me a wife. I was heartbroken, you know, you got it. I was heartbroken. I was like, I need a wife, you know. I was like, give me a wife. Give me a church community, right? I had seen a little bit glimpses of what a church community looks like. And I was like, give me a church community. Now, within the first month, Ashley, I forget her last name, Maldahar maybe, um, She's a friend of my ex-girlfriend. She texts me. Actually, I, I I had messaged her on Instagram about something, and she messaged me back and she said, "Hey, Eric, I think you should come by to our youth gathering. I think it'll I think it'll help you." And I said, "Okay, I'm there." I pull up to the youth gathering, doubting, you know, but I'm hurting, so I'm like, "Okay, like I I know I need to be here." I pull up to this, actually, this church here, King of the Nations Church in Rockville, Maryland. And so I come into this youth group and it's people dressed like like me or better than me, you know, like just look cool. And I'm like, got the hip hop, you know, the Christian hip hop playing in the back. And I'm like, man, this is fire. But the difference now is that people are not trying to be better than anybody else. You know, people are not just looking for for what you what can you do for me, but it's just, hey, welcome. You know, bro, what's your you know, like what's your story? You know, bro, Jesus, you know, like, man, you know, like just people just talking about God, talking about Jesus. But then something happened. Then they get into the message. And I'm like, whoa, I never heard stuff like this being talked like this, you know, like sermons in this way. And then they get to, uh, you know, they go into the worship, the message. I never seen people worship in that way, young people worship in that way. And then we get to the prayer part. Now, this is where God had me, right? So the prayer, they say, if you need prayer, something, something, stand up. I was like, man, I need all the prayer I can get. So I get up. This guy comes next to me. His name is Isaac. Isaac comes to me. He puts his hand on my shoulders. He begins to pray over me. And when he begins to pray, I begin to cry because he's telling me things that I knew he shouldn't have known. I didn't come into that church with a camera. I didn't come in that church looking like an artist. I have a picture when I came in. I was looking a little rough, you know. And he said, God is going to use you. The things that you have been through, God is going to use that to be able to connect with other people. And you're going to be a home to artists. He said, I see a house that's broken. He said, then he said, now I see it being all white. And he said, now I see God putting furniture in it. And I knew, like he's saying this stuff, but I know exactly what he's talking about. When he said, he's going to use your story. I thought about being molested. I thought about the abuse. When he said, I see a broken house, I saw my family, how broken I was, you know, how I didn't have my dad in my life. Um, even though he was there, it wasn't this father-son relationship, you know, how my mom, you know, my mom was back in Nicaragua. So I had this broken home and I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. And then he says, I'm going to use you, you know, he's going to use you to, to connect with these different artists and everything. And I'm like, God, Okay, you're not going to get rid of my, you know, my desires and my arts and what I what I like to do. And I was like, "Oh, man, okay, this is this is crazy." So I go home and I'm like, "Man, I'm coming back." I kept coming back. 
Join uh, Holy Spirit Life Group, Freedom Life Group, um, uh, production team. And I'm like in it. I'm like, let's go. Everything. Like, we going in. Like, I'm here with my camera now recording. Like, they didn't even have to ask me to record. I was just like, let's go. Like, I'm, you know, to me, this was like X-Men, you know? Like, people got gifts and talents and God is using them. And I'm like, use me, Lord. Like, I'm in it. Pandemic hits. Now, when the pandemic hits, you know, like everybody else, you find yourself alone with your Bible. It's you and God. You know, the church, is, the church building is closed. I still had to come in here to record the messages. I was helping part of the team, so I still had a little bit of community, and we still met on Zoom, and that was awesome. But it was different, though. There was death knocking at the door. There's people dying everywhere. The streets were empty, you know, like... You felt you would drive. I remember driving outside and it was like, what is going on? There's nobody in this highway. Like, the death toll is rising. My dad gets COVID, almost dies. You know, my stepmom gets COVID, pregnant. And I'm like, what is going on? That I kind of get sick. I never got, I never, I never tested positive. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? But I believe I got sick one time. And when I got sick, I was in my room. I'm telling y'all, man, the peace I had because I was building this relationship with God. Man, I was like, we good. The chosen just dropped. Man, we, in, yeah, just going in, you know, in my Bible. Sleep paralysis comes in and there. Pfft, no problem, you know? Like, we we strapped up, you know? And so I'm like, just just in love with God. And then I start to realize, um, I really don't know why I need to love Jesus. Now, I was hearing the gospel. I was hearing um, people really share the gospel in a simple way, preaching. I was being disciple and all of these things. But I didn't understand um, why Jesus. And I believe this is the moment that I really got saved. Um, so Eric, you're yeah. saying that you were a part of church, you were a part of community and you were doing all of the right things, but you still were not saved. I don't believe I was saved to be completely honest with you because I was, I didn't recognize Jesus as Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it was like, I know this is the right thing to do and God is doing things in my life. And he's, uh, you know, within the first couple of months of me walking with Jesus, the, the want to masturbate was gone. The the want to um, um, to watch pornography was gone. I became abstinent from sex, right? Like I was able to forgive the people who had abused me, right? Because he began to show me how he, he saw them. And I began to see that they needed the same God that I had relationship with now. So I was like, man, I'm okay. Like I let that go. God just touched them as well. You know, I knew that they had been abused themselves. And so I was like, God, we're good. So I was experiencing the power of God in my life and he was transforming my life. But I still didn't recognize Jesus as Lord. And I know that for a fact because for several months, I began to cry out to God. The Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask and you will receive. And I began to do that for the gospel. I began to say, God, I don't know why I need to love Jesus. And I don't think I could be a Christian if I don't love Jesus. So I just began to look it up. I And also this came through my discipleship. 
because my discipleship, shout out to Carlos. Carlos discipled me, an incredible man of God. At some point in our life groups, he'll he'll he he actually specifically asks, tell me the gospel. And when it got to me, I was like, uh, and I knew, dude, I went home. I was like, I was like, hold on now. You're supposed to know the gospel. You're supposed to know, you know, you're a Christian. I begin to look. Google, begin to watch Ray Comfort. Shout out to Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort really put it together for me, really. God really used him. Begin to get in scripture. Just seeking, 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 seeking. And finally it made sense. It came together. I realized, okay, there's millions of God out there. Millions of gods. Just in India, over 300 million gods that people are praying to, people are, you know, doing little things to. But God, right? Like the creator of the universe, he actually was like, I understand. I understand that you guys are seeking here, here, here. I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to get off my throne. I'm going to come into the world. Jesus Christ. I'm going to live among you, live a perfect life, sinless, right? Not only that, I'm going to tell you I'm God. There's a, this whole you know, debate about, oh, Jesus doesn't say he's God. He says he's God. And then he tells you how he's going to prove it. And he tells you he's going to prove it by dying and resurrecting. Now you have something to look forward to. You know what I mean? If somebody says, hey... I'm God. Anybody can say I'm God. But when you say I'm God and I'm going to show you how I'm going to prove it, then it's like, okay, let's go. This is a scientific fact. You can do the research if you want. Proven that Jesus resurrected from the tomb. You can look it up. I did my research. It's, It's up to you. You can... I did my, I looked it up. I was in it, just everything, watching what Muslims had to say, what these people had to say. I was in it and came to the conclusion that he indeed resurrected. It's it's a fact. And I said, whoa. And then I found out through the scriptures that all I had to do was believe in that and put my faith in it. And if I did that, if I if I understood, if I trusted in that and what he did on, on that cross, dying for my sins while I was still a sinner, resurrecting on the third day, and then through this, uh, through this death, burial, and resurrection, if I believe, then I have eternal life with God, with the Father, with Jesus. I was like, whoa. So I said, I believe, you know, because it's proven. It's, it wasn't just a... Oh, it's in my mind or like, no, 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 no. Like I did the research. So I said, this is God and I believe. And then I get the free gift of salvation. And that's when I believe I was saved. When I understood that. And I said, Jesus, you are Lord. You know, there was repentance in my heart. I knew, man, I'm not going back to them waters. Not after now I see the cross in this way. Ain't no way you died for me. It's a wrap. Never went back. Now, the last thing I want to share with you guys, though, is my third cry out. I first cried out for him to come into my life. 
you know, give me a church. He did that. Give me a wife. He did that. I'm married now. Praise God. Beautiful wife. You know, then I cried out to him, hey, reveal yourself to me. Why do I need to love you, Jesus? Boom. He did that. Amen. Glory to God. And the third cry out was, God, I need you to use me. I have all these talents. I have these gifts. I have these skills. Use me. To make a long story short, I started doing a podcast in the pandemic. And I started recording people's stories. And this gets into Delafay, right? I started recording people's stories. And I realized by episode 15, there was a conviction that I was recording everybody else's stories, which I didn't even realize it was their testimonies. I just thought I was interviewing them about their life with Jesus, which is their testimony. And then realize, um, I haven't shared my testimony. So I said, okay, God, how do I do this? I don't know how to do this. And then um, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and he led me to talk to my, my, my pastor. I talked to my pastor for the first time, powerful conversation. Then he led me to talk with my parents. My parents did not know that I had been sexually abused in their own homes. So I went to talk with them, and that was powerful, and I believe God is still healing in that space, and that's completely okay. And then finally, I said, okay, now it's time to share online. And I went on the podcast, and I shared my testimony. And I just wanted to tell people about what Jesus was doing in my life. This is what had happened, but this is the encounter that I had with God, and this is what He was doing in my life now, how He was healing, restoring me, right? Like giving me purpose, doing all of these things. And immediately, people came up to me and said, Eric, I've gone through the same things. You know, I've experienced the same trauma. And um, and some people that said, I've experienced the same things and haven't told anybody. I was like, whoa. And then somebody came up to me from my church and they shared Revelation 12, 11. They overcame them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, for they didn't love their lives so much as to shy away from death. And uh, when they shared that scripture with me, I saw a mission. Um, because what I saw was a formula of how the devil was going to be defeated. Now, I understood now the blood of the Lamb. We went on a whole journey with that, saying, God, reveal to me what this means. I don't know what people, when they're talking about, you know, um, I'm covered in the blood. I would literally picture people covered in blood. But now I understood, oh, okay, it's the gospel, right? When I'm covered in the blood, it just means that I'm protected. You know what I mean? You can't condemn me. Jesus already, you know, paid the price. You know, all I have to do is have faith, believe in him. You know what I mean? Trust him. And so, boom, I get the I get the blood of the lamb. But now is the seeing the word of our testimony. I was seeing my testimony, how I was impacting people. I was seeing how God was using it. And I said, okay, there's a mission here. And so uh, that's when God began to reveal to me Delafay testimonies. In June of 2021, through the help of other people, shout out to Junior, which was one of the first guys to hear, you know, the heart behind, you know, what God was showing me when it came to Delafay. And he actually came by beside me, this young guy who, who loves films. And we started shooting testimonies. And from June 2021 to today, we've been releasing testimonies of Jesus every week. And 
the platform, Telefay Testimonies, has reached over 320,000 subscribers, over 30 million views, over 150 countries uh, reached. We opened up submissions for people to send in their testimony, and people from all over the world began to send their testimony. I'm quite literally all over the world. Just in the last three months, my wife and I have gone to record testimonies in India, in Germany, in London, in Canada, and here in America. We've gone to over, over three continents in the last three months. And when I look back, you know, now even at everything that God has done to me is completely, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing because now, you know, God, you know, he, I mean, I don't long for what I used to long for, you know, that, that, well, I still long for that desire to be seen, to, 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 uh, to have love, right? To, to, to have friendship, but it's no longer from just from the world, you know? Now it's, God, I want you to be, cl- I want, I want to feel you closer to me. I want, you know, like I, I want to have friendship with you, you know, I, I want to hear your voice. And every, and he does it every time. He talks to me. Every time I come to him, he talks to me. He teaches me. He, he, he corrects me. He guides me. He sends people to, you know, talk to me. And they're like, I'm like, how did you know that I was praying about that? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's God. And so it's like this beautiful relationship that I was always missing, a father. I was always missing a father. And God has become my father now, you know? And... I mean, it's a, even in my marriage, you know, I come to God and He leads me in my marriage. So, I mean, He just completely has blessed me. Um, hasn't been easy, but glory be to Jesus for what He did on that cross. Because, because of what He did on that cross, I am now healed. And that is scripture. Because of His stripes. Because of that sacrifice, because of him being whipped, brutalized, I can now testify and say, I am healed. And so, man, it's an honor to be able to testify about what Jesus has done. Eric, what words of encouragement do you have for the people who are watching that may be struggling with their identity and are trying to find themselves in pornography or sex? Uh, just to keep it very practical and simple is it's just is Jesus. It's it's understanding the gospel. I think everybody um, needs to understand the gospel, and and that in itself can take a while. But the, the first thing is just crying out to God, saying, "God, come into my life. You know, change my way of thinking. Help me. You know, reveal yourself to me." All of the all of those desires, everything that we want from the world, everything that we want from pornography and all of these things. I mean, literally for me, guys, in a course of five months, those desires were gone. I was still a newborn, you know what I mean? Like I was I was fresh and walking with Jesus. So they were stumbling. You know, you stumble, of course. For sure. It doesn't mean that every day is gonna be like we're good. There were stumblings. 
But when I tell you that overwhelming desire to want to watch pornography, oh, I can't go without watching it today. I have to. Or I'm lonely. I have to. This is the way. That goes away. And God takes it away. Um, And it comes to a relationship with him. So I would just encourage you to seek a relationship with Jesus. He is the true God. Don't let these crystals and Buddha and uh, Allah, that is not it. I'm telling you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's where you're going to find your freedom and your healing. Eric, for the people who may see a mission from God like you did, but don't know how to take the first step, what encouragement do you have for them? Um, uh, uh, Practicals. Surrendering your life to God, allowing Him to be truly your Lord, right? Um, Meaning, uh, the Bible is authoritative in your life. I don't argue with the Bible. Do I have questions? Yes, I do. Do I talk to God? I'm like, God, I don't understand this. Yes, I do. But man, if the Bible, whatever the Bible tells me, whatever the Word of God tells me, that's what I'm doing, right? And so, God has to become Lord in your life. Simple way is to look at the Bible, right? Ask God to speak to you through that. Then is community. Community is really important. I asked God to give me a church. Um, and I'm so grateful that it happened before this whole online community, uh, online church thing. No, no shade to people who do online churches, but there's nothing like actual community. People laying hands on you, people coming right next to you and encouraging you, people giving you uh, um, um, words of wisdom. You know, just coming next to you. That was uh, ultimately what also encouraged me to to do this because I had people next to me that would come and say, "Hey, I'll help you," you know, um, and so. Jesus is Lord, community, and then obedience. I was just doing whatever God would tell me to do. If God was telling me, and this is is a fact, you can go check with my leadership. If Jesus was telling me, hey, I need you to go hang out with the elderly people outside of the church and pray with them because they're praying every Sunday before this sermon starts or whatever, whatever, that's what I was doing. And I was faithful to that. You know, if he tells me, hey, Eric, I need you to go on a tour recording testimonies when you don't have a job, when you don't have money, when nobody knows about Delafay testimonies. This is a fact. This is a a, a true thing. Get in your car and go. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. And Delafay testimonies blew up when I came back from that tour. So it's obedience as well. And as you do that, as you uh, recognize Jesus Lord, as you fully submit to him and become obedient, um, he's going to begin to reveal more and more, and then he will reveal to you what he wants you to do. And if he's already revealed that to you, be obedient. Go. Go for it. Do it. He'll bless it. Eric, who is Jesus to you? Um, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, first of all. Okay? We're going we're gonna to get that out the way. Because that's important. He is my Lord and He is my Savior. I wouldn't be here right now without Him, you know? Um, But today, I recognize Him. Um, he, He has given a way for me to have a relationship with the Father. Because of Jesus, God has now become a father to me, okay? I believe in Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. 
I believe Jesus died for us. I believe the Holy Spirit is here with us right now. And I believe that the, uh, we need a relationship with the Father, with Father God. And because of Jesus, He is my Father. And everything I looked for in a father, the acceptance, the love, the guidance, the correction, everything I can now get um, through my relationship with Jesus. I can now see the father and have relationship with the father. And it has completely, completely um, transformed my life. Eric, do you have any last words for anyone watching? Um. Only last words would be if uh, you are not walking with Jesus, if you have not made that decision in your life, if if maybe you are watching and um, you're realizing that you yourself don't understand the gospel, you don't understand what Jesus did in your life, I just want to encourage you um, to continue to seek after Him. Again, that scripture, right? Uh, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and you will receive. Okay? The Bible also says to seek his kingdom and his righteousness and everything you need will be given to you, right? He will give you everything you need. So as we seek his kingdom, and I want to encourage you to seek Jesus, right? Seek him with all of you and then everything else you think you need, everything else that, you know, that's needed in your life, he's going to begin to provide it. So I'm just going to pray for you, for you watching. If you have been walking with Jesus for a long time or whatever, I just want to pray and bless you. So Father God, I just thank you for every single person that's watching right now, Lord. And I pray, Father God, if they have not recognized you as Jesus is Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that they would be able, that their eyes would be open. And I pray, God, and I ask that you would reveal yourself to them. And Father, I just pray even for the person who maybe has backslid, who um, has turned away. I pray, Father God, that you uh, would lead them back to yourself, God. And wherever they're at right now, God, I pray that your tangible presence, Lord, I, I just pray that your tangible presence would touch them. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for making yourself known to us and for choosing us. Thank you for every person that's watching. Reach them, Holy Spirit. Touch them, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen.